one goal. In my world, I do things my way. A rebellion is on the horizon. In order to succeed, I must overthrow a triple threat match for the most illustrious title in the world. Shane McMahon. The people's champion is laying at our feet. The Rock. Shane, you all know it. Triple H, your mouth shut it. Triple H. It's my title, my belt, my championship. Prepare yourself for a mutiny like no other. And now, WWF Insurrection. Hello, my name is Chris White and welcome to the Wrestling 20 Years Ago podcast where we're going back in the time machine to May of the year 2000 to bring you the first of two WWF shows for the month. We'll have the main WWF show coming a bit later with a full breakdown of all the month's TV news and a, re- and a review of Judgment Day alongside two other volumes. We have Eric and Bob breaking down WCW Sambury and getting involved in seven world title changes in the month. And of course, we'll have Chris Lacey with all your ECW action. But for now, we're here to review the inaugural Insurrection WWF pay-per-view, which took place on the 6th of May from Earl's Court in London, England. So joining me for another look at one of these UK pay-per-views, we have Dan Welling. Dan, welcome back to the show. Cheers, Chris. It's always a pleasure to uh, to take part in, in these sort of discussions, and especially with the WWF, where the quality is very good. And we also have another returning guest. So it's been a couple of months of uh, returns after after some breaks. We have Adam Joyce. Adam, welcome back. Hey, hey, it's been a while. You know, you thought you had all the big returns last month, but here I am, baby. I'm back. It's uh, great to have you both back on the show. And uh, uh, I think, Dan, I, I, I'm not sure, Adam, if you've reviewed one of the UK pay-per-views on the show before, but Dan, you were on the last one, I think. And... Uh, You've had sort of a discussion about sort of like the importance. Um, before we get into rev- the review of this, like uh, just generally, what did you make of this show as like a as like a concept, and how did it differ from? Um, I think it was Rebellion, the last one, back end of last year. Um, I think I think the WWF have now got an idea of what they want the shows to be in the UK, which is just basically a, a, a house show, a grand house show where you can see all the, the their stars, the superstars, and then just whack on an extra 15 quid for the Sky Sports subscriber base just because it's in the UK, it's exclusive. But, I mean, nothing's going to happen. So I think we had this discussion before with Rebellion that it's, a, it's an inconsequential pay-per-view, really, for in terms of canon. It's, but... If you want to go and see it, get a ticket and see it, what's going on, I think it's, it's definitely worth the experience because it's basically just a house show in the 51st state of the United Kingdom, basically. Um, Adam, uh, basically same question to you, like general thoughts. I'm not sure if you've caught one of these UK pay-per-views before, but like uh, generally uh, we've come off uh, a week from Backlash, one of the better WWF pay-per-views in a long while and we we have this the following week what, what do you make of it as like a, a general concept um in all honesty I don't know if I would have bought this if I wasn't doing this review um I I mean in my VHS collection I do have a couple of the previous uh, UK pay-per-views because yeah they're, they're good fun they're but yeah, I, I, these aren't something I go out of the way 
to sort of catch because it's a case of well very little if anything of note actually happens on them but you know sometimes they sort of you know just sort of give them a watch because yeah so some of the stuff that happens i mean uh we didn't cover it when it happened uh, last year's no mercy in manchester because of when it happened but yeah i think that obviously had the best match tory's ever going to be in because she got squashed by nicole bass Seriously, I, I, recommend, I recommend watching it just for that. It's like he does not botch one move in that whole in that whole match, all thirty seconds of it. Sorry, that, Eric. That is uh, quite the feat. Um, yeah, I, I think they're quite like fun. Um, they're basically just sort of house shows with a bit more production thrown in, aren't they? Like they're they're just. A fun time. I think if you're looking for like a a big sort of big money feel built up um, like pay per view, this isn't it. That will be your your monthly your monthly uh, American edition um, that the WWF provides. But just in terms of like for the UK fan, like it's 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 nicer for the UK fans. I think that you have this like sort of almost not canon but still more important than a house show feel like to these pay-per-views you feel like when it's promoted this way as a fan you might feel like it's more significant than just oh we're running a house show in london um it's never going to be mentioned or referenced or anything like that uh on on main tv um but you it kind of a bit more significance and I suppose that's the whole aim for it but I mean I had a fun time watching this show um, definitely no backlash but this is generally like better than uh, a lot of the pay-per-views we've seen the WWF put up put on over the last few years um, it definitely wasn't a bad show um, yeah I, I, I quite enjoy it I quite enjoy the concept uh, the one bit of WWF news we do have before we get to our pay-per-view review um, Backlash may have only been last week but since then we've had a intercontinental title change with Chris Benoit losing his belt to Chris Jericho on Smackdown only a couple of days ago um, and that obviously as both men are on the card it has some importance for insurrection um adam would you uh, kindly kick us off with the results of the show okay so first match of the night saw two cool defeats dean malenko and perry satin of the radicals second match saw kane defeat bull buchanan uh third match saw road dog defeat bradshaw uh, then the Cat and Terry Runnels had an arm wrestling match, which saw the Cat turn out victorious. Rikishi and Shokishi, the current gimmick of the big show, I guess, defeated the Dudley Boys. Kurt Angle defeated Chris Benoit. Uh, Crash Holly lost his hardcore championship against a surprise contender. I feel we'll get back to that one later. Uh, the Hardy Boys defeated Edge and Christian in a tag team title match, but... As it was by a disqualification, tag team title did not change hands. Next up, we had Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho facing off against each other, where the loser of a coin flip would have to defend their respective championship. Eddie Guerrero lost the champion, lost the coin flip, but won the championship match, so he retained his European title. And then in the final, in the final match, the main event, 
we had a triple threat between The Rock, Triple H, and Shane McMahon, where The Rock retained his WWF championship belt. Adam, thank you very much for that. Dan, what did you make of this show? I think we've used the phrase quite a bit already but the the <laughs> best line for me is it's it, it's just fun it's simple and i think you compare this with 1999 for example and it's and it streaks ahead of a number of pay-per-views on this by how simple and fun it is by having a ton of over talented talent um as opposed to what we've got on the other promotion right now where we're having a just about Seven and a hundred thousand different gimmicks thrown our way, and we can't take in any of them. Just sometimes having a bunch of singles matches and a bunch of tag matches with talented wrestlers equates a half decent good time. Adam, what did you make of the show? Um, reading back those results, I'm sort of thinking ten, ma- uh, 10 matches on a on any sort of pay per view sounds like an awful lot, but. Because it's UK exclusive, it only happens twice a year they do these events outside of the UK tours that they'll sometimes do. It's kind of a case of, if I turned up to one of these and it was only like five matches and it was a class to pay per view and half these people weren't there, I'd, I'd feel quite ripped off. So it, it is good fun. Um, I mean, I, I, I did go into this just sort of in a uh, it, it is not going to matter in the end, so let's just have fun with it. And funnily enough, the first line on my notes is that in the they did the one of their cool hype videos to start it and one of the things they mentioned was it's going to be a rebellion and my first note is wasn't that six months ago but yeah i i went into this with just expectations of i was going to enjoy it but it wasn't going to make any great difference to my life um and i wasn't going to feel like i wanted three hours of my life back like um when i watched the final four at wrestlemania yeah i mean there's stuff on this show that's streets ahead of wrestlemania and that's that's probably more that that is more of a reflection on the wrestlemania we had last month as opposed to this show being outstanding um but yeah i mean i i i do wonder if if we're just a little bit beaten down by by how poor a lot of WWF and, and, for, and WCW pay-per-views have been in the last two years or so. Um, like It was interesting having Bob back last month and his perspective watching Backlash. And uh, he wasn't quite as enamoured with the show as, and, as, as I was. And he, and he hadn't been keeping up with the last couple of years of WWF and uh, had one, once he stopped being on the show, he took a break and uh, he, he hadn't beaten down by the really, really poor pay-per-view quality. And he was like, yeah, it's a good show, but nothing special. And I thought this was, this was fun. But then a part of me thinks if you've, is my, have my standards been lowered? And uh, this was by no means a bad show. Certainly um, no worse than average, but, um, I wonder if uh, it'd be interesting to see if someone in a similar situation to Bob would have the same perspective com- coming into this show because um, it was quite inconsequential but uh, definitely not a bad show and and uh, it's one of these reviews where by the end of it I'll probably have a firmer opinion as we go through each match and discuss 
there'll be things that I don't like and things that I really liked and I'll by the end of it be a lot more decisive and whether I like this show or not hopefully which which tends to happen uh every month we do this so uh we are live in front of 17,000 UK fans as uh Jim Ross welcomes us to Ells Court in London he's joined by Jerry Lawler and we are set for our opening match between Two Cool and the team of Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko um before we get underway another note Malenko and Saturn um uh, got involved with a brawl uh, each other last week on SmackDown. So the sort of story here is, will that continue tonight? Um, Malenko and Saturn attack Two Cool before the bell, but Grandmaster Sexy hits Saturn with a power slam before Two Cool double teams Saturn, dropping elbows on him. Scotty Two Hot, who's the legal man, hits an elbow, gets hit with an elbow, sorry, from Saturn. Saturn tags Malenko in, he hits a Russian leg sweep on Scotty. Malenko tags Saturn. Saturn, who hits a low blow on Scotty behind the referee's back, and we have our first near fall of the night. Scotty knocks Malenko into Saturn, but Perry breaks up the cover by pulling out the ref. Malenko and Saturn then get into a shoving match. Scotty hits a sunset flip, sunset flip for a near fall, but Malenko is up first and knocks Scotty down with a clothesline. Scotty manages to pop uh, Dean on the top turnbuckle before hitting a superplex. Both men then make tags to their respective partners. Uh, bringing in Grandmaster Sexes, the legal man for the first time in the match. After a hip toss, a power slam, and a clothesline of both radicals, he comes off the middle rope and hits them both with clotheslines. All four men are in the ring. Scotty knocks both men down by hitting them both with the worm. Malenko and Saturn both head outside and two call follow. Saturn and Malenko get the upper hand outside the ring, but two, uh, but with Saturn accidentally hitting Malenko with a clothesline. Uh, Grandmaster comes off the top. He hits a hip hop drop on Saturn, which is enough for the free count, and two call kick off the night with a, with a win. After the match, Malenko berates Saturn, and the two of them get into it. Adam, what did you make of our opener? Um, it's two call beating the radicals again. Uh, I don't think I've seen a few this. Oddly one-sided in a while, um, but I mean the, the match itself was was pretty good. You know, it was a good little opener. Uh, Dean Malenko, he's there is just so much just subtlety about some of the stuff he does. He, like every time he went for a bag body drop, I don't know if it's because he was in the UK, he was going for the British variation, which is over the shoulder instead of over both shoulders. Um, interestingly, not going for the British Irish whip fight. One one thing that is right at the top of my notes is when they came out uh, the Radicals, Dean Malenko was wearing his light heavyweight title over his shoulder. Uh, here we have a pay-per-view, here we have a champion on a pay-per-view and that title is not being defended. It was defended six days ago at Backlash and that title match at Backlash was the first time it had been on pay-per-view since Takamichi Noko lost it to Christian in, I believe it was Judgment Day 1998, so that's over 18 months. And I'm going to kind of go off on a tangent here, but I, but I think it's quite tragic that they brought Gilbert back a couple of months ago for him to drop the title to S.A. Rios. And S.A. Rios, his first pay-per-view match was a month after he lost his belt. It just seems pointless that they've brought this title back only for the champion to be competing in, in tag matches. It's, it's almost as if they don't know what to do with the belt. And if that was the case, they shouldn't have brought it back. The match itself, um, I, I did enjoy. Um, I don't know, the more I watch the Too Cool gimmick, the more I think 
uh, Scott Taylor is much more comfortable in the role than Brian Christopher. There's just something much more natural about Scotty doing this stuff. But I think that there is a strength in that, in that um, Brian's, uh, Brian Christopher is just the awkward white guy trying to do the hip-hop stuff. Um, the double worm looked kind of cool, although it kind of says a lot that it's supposed to be Scotty's big move. Uh, they both fall out the ring and then completely you no know, sell it. It's like, that, that's kind of killing his move a bit. Um, I'm guessing this is pretty much the end for the Radicals, which is what the brawling is about. Um, which, it's a shame. It's, it was a group with so much potential, but I... I, I hope that they've got something for these guys now, but I don't see that happening. So I guess it, it makes sense to call winning. Plus, they're just such a fun pairing that, you know, the crowd are behind them. They're not going to be your main tag team at any point, but they're always a tag team that that is going to provoke a positive reaction from the crowd. So, yeah, the match was fine. It was nothing special. But then again, I think that's going to be a sentiment repeated a lot in this review. Dan, what did you make of it? Uh, echo what Adam said really about it just being a decent little opener involving an incredibly hot, fun act, which seems to be the tried and tested formula that the WWF have, have seemed to have stumbled upon. It used to be the godfather, you know, with the catchphrases and the stick in the late night in the late that's a half nineteen ninety-nine. And now it seems to be the Dominion of Too Cool. Um, and with good reason, because A, they're still very talented workers. I, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for Brian Christopher. Uh, and Scott Taylor showed what he could do in a singles capacity last month, even though Dean Malenko is probably the, the old veteran can guiding him. It showed he could hang with him, and that was good. Because I think these guys are probably just a little bit low below where the Hardys and Edge and Christian are. But they're not far behind, and I think they could easily get a good quarter of the year tag title run with feuding with Edge and Christian as who can who can rule the roosters, the doofiest white boys in the WWF, with one you know the bad side of the coin being Edge and Christian and the good side of the coin being too cool. So I hope we get to see that a couple you know leading into the summer, um, because yeah, I think these guys have got a very good season right now they've got us out that's over as hell and they're talented to work so why hold why not hold them back and put them in with the tag title scene um but yeah right now they're they're the opening act and they're very good at it so good on them yeah and they're certainly popular enough to be to warrant being in that mix and you could have that good dynamic and get uh edge and christian over as um even bigger heels i think by having them cheat against too cool as opposed to as popular as the hardies are um this sort of opening match like um well the sort of the atmosphere that they bring um to the to the crowd um is isn't matched within any other team in this tag division so um i think you that'd be a really cool dynamic and yeah i echo that i hope we see that moving forward um yeah, I thought the match was fine. Um, I, like both of you probably say that a few times tonight. Nothing special, but uh, basic. And um, I kept the story going for both teams. Another another big win, I'd say, for 
too cool, at least on paper, because uh, of who they beat here. But I mean, they've beaten them so many times um, that I don't know if that's a little uh, overplayed at this point. But um, yeah, just a fun uh, formulaic tag match that works for too cool and it furthered the story between Malenko and Saturn. So yeah, thumbs up all round, really. Moving on, we have Vince McMahon appearing on stage for a promo. He's disappointed that The Rock is the WWF champion following Backlash. He believes that if it was a fair match, Triple H would still be the champion, but it wasn't a fair match because of Linda, Ohebner, and Steve Austin. McMahon says he has a plan for tonight and puts down England, saying that nothing important happens here. McMahon guarantees that we'll have a new WWF champion tonight. Next up, we have a singles match between Kane and Paul Buchanan. Kane goes right to work on Buchanan, knocking him down with uppercuts. He takes it to Ball in the entranceway before throwing him back into the ring. Buchanan manages a DDT, but Kane gets right back up. He Irish rips Ball into the corner, but Ball jumps onto the top rope and hits a clothesline. Buchanan hits a leg drop for a near fall. Ball follows with right hands, but Kane no-sells and hits rights of his own. Kane hits a big boot, but Ball hits a jawbreaker. Buchanan comes off the middle rope again. Buchanan catches him this time, nails him with a chokeslam. One, two, three, brings the match to a close. Dan? Why is Kane having matches with Bill Buchanan? That's all I have to say about this match. This should not be happening. To It should have been. Who has been positioned at the top of the card for the last two years and positioned as a monster and has just has his stock is so far down now that he's having matches with Bull Buchanan. I have nothing more to say. Adam, any, any more from you? <laughs> um, I mean, this was fine for what it was. It was too big. I mean, Bull, I think they've, they've got, I think they want some, to find something in Bull that maybe slightly more than that is actually there, but he didn't, this wasn't actually bad for Bull. He He's a lower card guy going up against Kane. Kane, you know, let him get some stuff in, but still finished him off fairly, fairly easily. So it wasn't too long. Um, he did. Uh, anyone who who does a DGC, I don't like where they just drop flats uh, like Kane did here because I think it looks awful. Because uh, that's what I've got in my notes. Um, yeah, I. Actually, getting in, going into the match, Kane was showing a lot more fire than I've seen from him previously. I think some, uh, I think he, he was out here with something to prove. Maybe that he, he deserved better than Bull Buchanan, which, if that's his opinion, I understand why he'd think that. But, yeah. Uh, no, I think no, no one was really harmed in this match. Uh, Bull might look better for it just because he got to ha- hang in there with one of the big dogs, but it wasn't. It wasn't an offensive match. It was all right for what it was in. Um, and yeah, I've I don't really have much else to say other than that. Yeah, I mean it was a very short match. Um, I wonder how long it will be before I stop getting mileage out of this point. But where Kane is now, and looking at what the decision to put the title on the big show at Survivor Series last year did for the big show. Um, I still hammer home that Kane should have been in that spot rather than the big show. Um, 
back then and, and maybe Kane would be in a much better place for it uh, than he is now in his career. Um, yeah, just uh, nothing happening, like three minute. I mean, it wasn't a squash. Ball got plenty of offense, but just just, just a match. Um, generally, I'd say that considering his work the last couple of months, um, last couple of pay-per-views, Ball's been pretty good and like he's shown some good athleticism and stuff and maybe even he deserved a little bit better than just being like decisively beaten in three minutes here but it's quite a inconsequential show i suppose so and i mean he's got a ceiling and he's not he's not going to be like a, a main eventer but i i think both guys probably could have felt would have felt like they probably deserved a bit more than they were getting on this night. But I think they made it work. They both tried hard um, and uh, made the most of the time they had. And it was it was generally fine. Next up, we have another singles match, this time between Road Dog and Bradshaw. Uh, Bradshaw attacks Roadie before the bell, but Tory distracts Bradshaw long enough for Dog to jump him. The referee gets rid of Tory, and while he's distracted, Farouk jumps Road Dog. The APA double-team dog on the floor and the referee tosses Farouk from ringside. Bradshaw works over Rhodey in the ring with a snap suplex for a near fall. Bradshaw then hits a swinging neck breaker before putting dog into a torture rack, but Rhodey gets out of it only to run into a big boot. Bradshaw sits up for a powerbomb, but Road Dog back body drops him and then drop kicks the big Texan out of the ring. Bradshaw gets right back in and hits a spear. Road Dog then hits his trademark jabs, a flying forearm that take the big man off his feet. Roddy follows up with a knee drop for a two count. He misses a splash in the corner, and uh, and uh, Bradshaw comes back and hits the clothesline from hell. Tory then distracts Bradshaw, and Road Dog hits his pump handle slam for the win. Adam, um, this match was. Uh... Yeah, so is Xpot not allowed to come to the UK or something? Because he's not on this show, and it just seems odd that you had the APA and you had Road Dog from DX, and Farouk was in Bradshaw's corner, but Xpot wasn't in Road Dog's corner. That just seemed odd to me, um, especially because Farouk jumped Dog before, well, in the middle of the match, which got him thrown out, surely would make APA the heels, except the fact anyone who watches the rest of the CVs knows they're not. It, that seemed odd. Um, another DT, DT in this match, which went a hell of a lot better than Bobby Cannon's DDT. Um, I don't know why I was making notes about that, but I'm glad I did, uh, which I'll get to later. Um, this match... Okay. So it was a lot of Bradshaw hitting move after move on Road Dog, and Road Dog he didn't really have any comebacks. He just he would just get to a point and suddenly he'd hit one of his big moves, and it would get back to Bradshaw just hitting him with stuff again. Um, and the fact that Road Dog won cleanly kind of own, kind of makes Bradshaw's stuff not look that great because he hit him with most of the moves he knows. I mean, I never thought I would have a Bradshaw match where I was turning around and going, nah, he hit too many moves on that guy. But here it is. It's, there's, there was just seemingly no real psychology here. It was just Bradshaw hitting a load of moves uh, in between Road Dog, just 
getting the greatest hits in. I know that's what these shows are, but at least they could pretend they're not during some of these matches. Uh, but no, it could have it could have been a lot worse, but it wasn't anything. This show would not have missed out if this match hadn't been there. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, this match was just odd. Like Adam said, Farouk is clearly a heel where he comes out, he's on commentary for about 20 seconds, goes and beats up the road dog and sends the back. I mean, that's such a heel move, and I just don't understand why... If they want, if they knew that Road Dog was out on his own, why they forced Farouk out and just, yeah, that it was just odd, and uh, and yeah, Road Dog is probably the most uninteresting he's been in about eighteen months now since with the the first formation of the New Age Outlaws, and it's just he's tired. Bradshaw, as part of an ass kicking team at the APA, is a lot of fun, but on his own. I'd, don't have the connection to him, so yeah, this this, this is a really dull match. Um, well, just the novelty of seeing Road Dog pin Bradshaw, I think that's the only thing I'll come away with this match being interested by. But yeah, odds and kind of pointless for me. Yeah, I, I didn't really see the need for this match on the card, and uh, considering some of the lengths of the matches elsewhere, and the fact we had ten of them, um, we could have probably done without it. And uh, certainly, I don't know if it was because um, Benoit was hurting, um, but, I mean, Angle and Benoit could have given them this five minutes um, any day and uh, got more out of it, or even um, Guerrero and Jericho later on. So um, definitely matches that could have done with a bit more time and would have been better for it and just scrap this. Because this was just a bit of card filler. Um yeah, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't very good card filler, but it was certainly um, more enjoyable uh, from a wrestling standpoint, at the very least, uh, when compared to what we have next, which was a arm wrestling contest between Terry Reynolds and the Cat. Really, don't want to spend too much time on this. I never do uh, when we have this sort of thing on a pay per view. Here are the keynotes: Terry spits some water in Cat's face. Uh, but she still loses because Mae Young dumps water over her. Afterwards, uh, Terry and un- uh, Terry unties Cat's top, and she is exposed, much to the delight of Jerry Lawler. Dan, uh, what do you have to say about this arm wrestling contest? Is it more or less than Kane Bu- and Bob Buchanan? Shit, rubbish. Terrible. I thought we. Left this. Uh, why didn't we, why didn't we award this the Wahoo Award last in December, Chris? Can we, can you remind me? I can't remember. Oh no, oh it, it was um yeah I, concept of Russo. I think we got oh think we, okay yes. I think we got caught up in the concept of Russo because it was so bad. But come on, this is just like I think it was it was Lacey's impassioned yeah speech. No. I regret. I regret the decision. This is so much worse. This is. This is. This is. This, this Have is, you been watching the, WCW the, the last uh, couple of weeks? Because uh, I feel like Eric would disagree with you. But uh... at least, at least I can have create. At least I can point to some like morphed, morphed 
world of creativity coming from that. Like he's trying. Like I can see that there's some <laughs> weird, like, spark of an idea there. This is just there's two semi-attractive women with very little on pour water over them, escorted by two older women who really shouldn't be out here now because the novelty's worn off and make Jerry Lawler scream. I mean, no, please stop doing this. Please stop. I, I implore you to stop doing this. At least they are in the pool. That's the only, that's the only plus point I can see from this whole thing. Adam, what did you make of it all? Um, it's the WrestleMania rematch that no one asked for. Um, yeah, if you pause the VCR for two frames, you get to see cat's boobs, and that's the highest praise I can give this. And it, considering everyone already saw that Armageddon, it's not even that high a praise. I. I don't know. This this only went like this went less than five minutes, but it felt just with all the stalling, it felt double that, which is never a good sign if uh, if you can bend time that well. I'm not sure why these are on the car. It, it just seems like a hangover from the Russo era, but I don't know. I don't even know what Stacey Carter is doing on the on these shows. She she's She's a valet, but they don't have valets anymore, except for Tori, who's actually who's supposedly a wrestler. It's yeah, it's such a weird setup. I I I don't even know why they've got these two on the roster still. Yeah, I I think we've already given this more time than it deserves, but I had been hoping that we were past this. And evidently, all we are not, and that is a great disappointment. Because um, these are, I, I'd go strong to say, factually, the worst thing on WWF pay per views month to month is when we have this kind of stuff thrown at us. And uh, it's been, it's just happened so many times now that the any potential positive is just completely been undercut um, and it's very much a case of diminishing returns and it's been that way for a long time um, so please no more of this next up we have a tag team match with uh, Rikishi and the Big Show taking on the Dudley Boys and uh, just to note here we're 34 days out from Wrestlemania 2000 I have to remind you that the Big Show was in the main event of that show and uh he is here as show kishi he's got rikishi's gear on and uh dan uh what what do you make of this new big show character it's it's been a number of months since you were on uh the wwf i believe the last time you you did a show the big show may have been the wwf champion um um Right. <laughs> I, I must admit, I, d- I didn't expect the career path of the Big Show to go 
so drastically drastically up and down the bell curve since his his father's coffin was dragged away by the big boss man in a comedy mid-card feud and now he's back to being in a comedy mid-card feuds i must admit that the, the problem with slapstick like impression comedy in general is that you can have brilliant highs like we got at backlash where if you if you take the fact that it's the big show out of the equation that was genuinely hilarious his impression of hulk hogan but then you can have the lowest of lows which is the big show in rikishi's get up doing stink faces one big man in a thong is enough in one major production company and been wrestling we don't need two so i i yeah Look, if, if, don't, I don't mind someone doing this, but again, I, I'd be questioning the fact that it's the big show. Yeah, um, Adam, is same to you. It's been a long time since you've been on a WWF show, and uh, what have you made of the career path of the big show? <laughs> yeah, uh, you see him in a match like this, and it's like, you cannot believe that he headlined the biggest show of the year. Um what five weeks ago? I think it was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, he's not even committing to gimmick, you know. He's, Rikishi comes out with the skirt, and then Rikishi goes up, goes across it. You know, where's Shokishi across the front of Shokishi's thing? Uh, why are there two face teams facing each other? Like, is the is the heel roster that thin on the ground? Um, I uh, another DDT that no one sells. Does anyone remember when Jake Roberts used to have that as a very, very deliberate move? But I've got written here the words: "This didn't need to be televised." It's it is a funhouse show match, um, but they really had too much faith in it to be to expect people to see this on a show that they paid money to watch. I think. Uh, cannot read what that note is, but it looks like I wasn't very impressed with this. No, I, I'm, I'm not surprised, really. Um, yeah, it's oh, just... wait, yes, I can. <laughs> it's okay. um, show is the way the place that show is right now in his career, anyone around him is probably just going to be dragged down by being associated with him is basically what what the note is saying um which is a shame because the dudley boys were tag team champions a month ago and they are still one of the top teams and you know this is what they're being given uh fortunately i they're an over enough act that you know this isn't going to affect them and rikishi i think just he isn't going to be tainted by association but they can't keep this up long term, otherwise he will be. Um, I mean, to be fair, the dancing at the end was fun. I, I did enjoy watching Bubba Ray Dudley bust a move and too cool wearing the Dudley's sun, wearing the Dudley's taped up glasses. That that I think worked. It's just a shame we had to have the match to build up to that. Yeah, and uh, in, it, so into that match itself, and we open. As has happened in pretty much every match tonight with the Dudleys attacking 
the well, Big Show and Rikishi before the bell. Well, and uh, Big Show starts the match with Devon. Hits big, hits a big clothesline in the corner. Tags in Rikishi. Devon tags in Bubba, who gets hit hit, hit with a Samoan drop. He takes down Rikishi takes down both Dudley boys, and uh, but the double team in eventually pays off, and Bubba takes control. Devon tags in. Hits a snapmare. Uh, the Dudleys knock Rikishi down with a double shoulder shoulder block. They get hit with. They then hit the double team headbutt from middle rope to the groin of Rikishi. Devon drops an elbow for two. Shokishi tags in. He hits a clothesline on both Dudleys and a sidewalk slam to Bubba. He Irish rips Bubba into Devon and squashes both men in the corner. Uh, Sho and Rikishi both slap a stink face on the Dudleys. Bubba and Rikishi battle on the outside while Big Show lays into Devon in the ring. Bubba grabs a table from under the ring, sets it up outside. Bubba hits a clothesline off the second rope on Big Show and Devon covers him for two. Edge and Christian then come out. Edge spears Bubba as the referee is distracted by Christian. Big Show hits a chokeslam on Bubba for the win. Post-match, uh, the dancing that you mentioned, Adam, too cool come out. Trade glasses with the Dudleys and uh, we have the Dudleys, Big Show, Rikishi all dancing together. Uh, Dan, uh, what did you make of the match and uh, sort of the Dudleys in this spot and Rikishi and just the whole, the whole, the whole bang. Whole shebang. Um, I, I, honestly, I think this is just a problem with when you book a, a house show slash pay per view in advance. You have to say what the card's going to be generally, and I think they had it in their heads that the Dudley Boys would be still heels after feuding with TNA, and clearly the crowd reaction is North America have turned the face, and they couldn't be bothered to change the back. So for this one night only, the Dudley Boys are still heels. And yeah, it kind of did affect the match. The match is just kind of there. Like it wasn't even fun for me. It was just and 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 fair was at Adam's point. When you get to the end of the match, the big show is just such a outlier where Tuko and Rikishi so over give it, you know, they could do they could dance for ten minutes and I think the crowd would be happy with that. The Dudley boys, I you know show that they have some kind of you know connection with the fans with the with their dancing and it, it's hilarious in like a cringeworthy way but it's still fun and the big show just just fades into the background no presence in comparison to those five other people yeah it kind of shows you what adam's point is saying is that if he he just doesn't have the star quality that the other five guys have like definitely in comparison to Bubba Ray Dudley and Rikishi, Big Show's charisma just isn't there, and that's kind of concerning for me. But again, it is a house show where we've got to see Bubba Ray break dancing. That that's just you know take that in for one minute and say that yeah, sometimes wrestling can be fun, and sometimes going to these house shows throws up little joyous moments like that. Getting to see Bubba Ray Dudley, the guy that incited a riot in ECW break dancing with yellow shades on somewhere chris lacy is is saying where did this all go wrong but for me this is this is this was fun post-match yeah i'd uh, love to know lacy's thoughts on uh on this um i i i thought it was i didn't think it was a good match um i have to say i think they didn't feel like they clicked too well and i don't know if that's just 
I don't. I don't. I feel like I, I'm always so negative on the Big Show, but I, I feel like it was just that he didn't click. Um, and the post-match stuff was really fun. Like that was that was great. Like um, from a comedy perspective, at the very least, maybe not for Chris Lacey's uh, <laughs> enjoyment. But um, yeah, the crowd were really much, very much into it. They absolutely loved it. Uh, the Dudleys have got the charisma and the personalities to pull off that kind of thing one week and then be doing something dastardly the next. I think um, their two, their personalities are, are strong enough to carry that sort of booking, whereas someone like The Big Show, um, he just doesn't have that. Um, Adam, do you think The Big Show sort of becoming like, I don't want to say tainted goods, but like, is is he sort of redeemable at this stage, or, or, or are we going too far down this whatever this is um, that we're not going to be able to sort of get anything out of him? Like, thirty four days ago, he's in the main event of WrestleMania, and we've already fallen this far. Like, how much lower can we go, and can we ever come back from it? Um. I mean, with any time, with any amount of time away, anyone, anyone's redeemable. Um, they have OVW, which they're using as a developmental territory. They could send him there for six months, get him to cut some weights, get him to uh, get him to tighten up on, on some of the things that he does, uh, and they could bring him back, and he could be a monster. That's not out of the question. Um, I mean. He is, he is entertaining. There are just some aspects, from, you know, with like the show st- stuff last week, that or the previous week, sorry, that proves that he does have a personality. The trouble is, you can't have him relying on just doing gimmicks like that because of how much you're paying him. There, in the old territory days, there is there was this attitude of promoter would pay a guy what he thought he was worth, but the booker would book him to where he thought he was, should be booked. And if the argument would be the promoter would be like, well, I'm paying this guy this much, and the booker would be, well, well, he's not good enough to be any higher than here, so you shouldn't be paying him so much. And I think that might be an issue with the big show right now. They're paying him main event money, but for whatever reason, they, they are just not making him connect as a main event talent. I don't think it's completely... Vince's fault. I think he has let himself slip. You know, he's he has gotten lazy. There are there are moments in some of, especially his earlier matches, where he looked like he had potential to be something, but then the booking would just go against him, and I think that has worn him down, and he has kind of become apathetic. But I th- I think if you're going to keep him on TV. It's going to be hard to redeem him. Dan, do you have any any thought, thoughts on the future of the big show? God, if, you, if you want to kind of rectify a motivation change, surely sending him down to the to the trainee camp is not going to do much. Surely, I mean, I know that there's there's de pushing a guy, then there's actually just killing his confidence. Um, I don't know. Yeah, like like Adam said, it's kind of. You've got a guy who has all the natural natural ability to be this megastar, but if his attitude's not there, then 
that it's very difficult to to change that and yeah i, I don't know how you're gonna rectify it without either making like making his confidence crash or kind of just placate him and just settle for him being a mid card but then you've just wasted all this ability and let's be honest here the main event scene right now in wwf is pretty weak you've not you've lost mick foley steve austin's still injured and, and is quite a long way from being back they created it with kane because he's now being you know matches with bill buchanan and, and has cooled off as well like they've got to do something quickly to to rectify their their big man problem because you know the wwf is they're famous for having so many big guys and they've just wasted one of them who they clearly had such high hopes for and it's it's a very delicate balance to try and rectify it and i must admit i don't have the simple answers for this right now after a vt showing kurt angle meeting fans exploring london and uh hanging out with kelly brook who he highlighted by name we head into our next match with Kurt Angle facing Chris Benoit who's sporting a rather nasty looking eye injury heading into the match uh, prior to them getting underway Crash Holly comes out he wants he's on commentary uh, for this and he says he wants to fight a night fight tonight he wants to fight an Englishman uh, tonight uh, but for now he's just on commentary Benoit chops Angle to start the match and gets a near fall with a forearm shot Benoit's dropped throat first across the top by Angle. Angle hammers away on Benoit outside the ring uh, before sending him face first into the ring post looking to target that eye injury. Benoit battles back with right hands, but Angle hits an overhead belly-to-belly suplex. Angle hits a snap suplex for a near fall. Angle clotheslines Benoit for another near fall. Benoit comes back with a series of German suplexes before locking in the cripple crossface. But Angle gets out of it with an eye poke. Benoit hits a back suplex and heads to the top rope. Angle avoids a dive-in headbutt. He rakes the eyes and hits the Angle slam. And that's enough for the win. Dan, what did you make of this? Oh, what might what might have been, Chris? We, got, we, could, we could have had 20 minutes of Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit on TV. Oh, and as as the self-progressed work rate guy on the on this podcast little family we've got that that would have been absolutely dream but it's a little six minute match on the uk pay-per-view where kurt angle is still finding his feet well i guess not finding his feet that's when we're saying it but you know he's not he hasn't had that proper work rate match yet that people like guerrero malenko benoit and jericho have had in japan and, and in wcw even so but there's a bit little bits optimistic of me to wish that and two Chris Benoit looks like his eyes about to burst into several different pieces it was it it, it was actively distracting watching the match because you're all the time just thinking please don't please don't go blind in the eye please don't go blind in the eye if you're if that punch or that flying head that you do doesn't land the that doesn't land perfectly so I can definitely understand why they why these two guys held back more than they probably should have done if they were given if Benoit was healthy um but what we still got was good. Like, it's six minutes, but these two guys are so good in the ring that it was still absolutely perfectly watchable and probably good, which leads me to think that give these guys another six six months and one of them transitions into, transitions into being a face, which Kurt Angle looks like he could be because he was so personable in that little VT beforehand. I think we could get gold with these two. I think 
they look like they could do it. And a six-minute good match between the two of them was, was fine for this little pay-per-view here. But, yeah, what could be, Chris? What could be? Yeah, I think it's it's so easy to forget how new Angle is, like, still, um, and how early he is in his career because of how good he is already. Um, this sort of match um, in another six months, another six months' worth of experience and storytelling for Angle. And it, and it seems like he could definitely be a babyface. Like, the character side of things seemed to click with him from day one. Um, and the Ying Ring's not far behind. So, uh yeah, I'd love to see this match again when both of them are healthy. Adam, what did you make of it? Yeah, I, I enjoy these two. Uh, these these two seem to have, you know, some great stuff going on there. One, a couple of things I've had to question is um, why did it have to be heel versus heel? Um, I know Benoit almost seemed like the de facto face, but he wasn't but he was still kind of heelish and then Angle was, you know, full heel even doing a what is a fairly standard cheap heat promo the sort of promo you'd see from uh, some American guy on a Brian Dixon show Um, another thing I didn't get is here we have a serious wrestling match and out comes the comedy guy in Crash Holly to do commentary, I, I mean, I, I know what they did next. Um, you know, kind of, kind of fit into that, but it didn't have to be this match they used to build that up for this. You know, they could have just done it with with the last match and just done all the comedy in one block. I don't think anyone would have been offended by that. In fact, it it probably would have taken slightly less away from this match. Not that it took too much away from it, but it was. You know, you're kind of getting into it, and then Crash's little voice came in with some stupid thing about wanting to fight an Englishman. It's like we don't need that here. We we really don't. This match, this match sells itself. Uh, Angle is is really coming along. Um, it's really hard to believe. I, I think one of the first matches he had, he was did the dark. He did a dark match for. King of the Ring last year. I think that was like one of the first matches he'd done in front of people, at least uh, at least outside of developmental. It's quite scary to think that, but he's this good already. One thing I have with Angle is um, he puts a lot of effort into his punches, and no one properly really sells punches anymore. I think. Someone really needs to start selling those because they look like they should hurt and no one is reacting like they do. I mean, you might just need to fire off a few live rounds just to get people thinking that, but that's, other than that, I this match was great. Um, I liked how the angle slam was just kind of out of nowhere. They were doing all like these subtle reversals all the way through. And it just one of those just turned out to, into the finish. It was like you weren't expecting it, but they were. They did kind of build it up a little that way. Um, but yeah, the, the match overall was fine. The, the crash stuff was just unnecessary. Yeah, I agree with you on the crash stuff. It didn't need to be there, and we didn't need him on commentary for this match. Um, it was a shame, really, that 
circumstances meant that this was as short as it was because they're obviously both capable of doing a lot more than this um and i'm sure we'll get to see it uh down the road um when uh as you rightly say dan angle uh, sorry benoit's eye doesn't look like it's about to erupt so uh yeah more to come from these two i'm sure so next up we hear uh bulldog's music hit and he uh runs down to a, a big part from the london crowd uh, he's with a referee and he wants to face crash for the hardcore title Crash tries to run, but Bulldog catches him in the aisle and hits him with a suplex. Crash finds some weapons under the ring, chokes Bulldog with a strap and hits him with a mop handle. Crash steps up a chair in the ring, but Bulldog drops toe holds him onto it. Uh, Bulldog hits Crash with the chair and the mop handle for a bit of revenge. Then he hits the running power slam and wins the hardcore title. Adam, what do you make of this match? Um... It was nice to see Bulldog again, wasn't it? I know he's not in the shape that he was, you know, five years ago, but it's always it was nice for him just to show up for the crowd. Um, on a side note, uh, here we have a WWF legend showing up for what's going to probably only be a short-term deal right now. And a week later, WCW do the same thing with Randy Savage. And I think it's fair to say the Bulldogs return had slightly more impact for what eventually for what essentially was just a week long hardcore title reign. Which is which um is good for Bulldog, but it's such a shame for Savage that he turned up for one day and has done nothing of note in WCW since. Um I loved how how over the Bulldog still is. Do you see how when Crash finally got some offense in by putting the ratchet around Bulldog's neck, that the whole crowd just turned on him. So I, did, I didn't see that coming, but then again, he's up against the Bulldog in London, England. So, of course, nothing he was going to do was going to get any cheers for that. One thing that always baffles me about the WWF hardcore matches is the amount of stuff they have under the ring. You don't, you don't need some of that stuff under the ring, so... It, the only reason for it to be there is for these matches, which, when you think about it in a strictly kayfabe sense, is quite stupid. Um, yeah, you need you have tables at ringside, so you might have a couple under the ring. You have you might have a couple of chairs under the ring. Uh, they had a ratchet which you used to hold the ring together. Um, but you know, once you get start getting stuff, but once they start pulling out kendo sticks and stuff, it's a case of well, that shouldn't be there. Uh, it was nice to see uh, the Bulldog have a nice homecoming and, and win the title, though. So, uh, ignoring the stupid hardcore stuff, the the win itself, uh, I was quite happy with. Dan, what did you make of this? I think we discussed it on the last UK pay per view show that it. It feels well. Roy made the point that it felt wrong that the British Bulldog, this such a pivotal figure for UK wrestling in the last ten years, was booed mercifully after his last appearance saw him screwed out of the title by Shawn Michaels. And I wonder whether this little cameo was was a, a small way of them redeeming that night 
and just to give the bulldog the fact that he's so out of you know so far below where he was you know even eight years ago when he was high as anything being carried to match brett but you know it's it's the hardcore title it's it's not even the european title so yeah i i get why they did it but for me i thought the match was too long like i think if they wanted to get the british bulldog a moment he should have just pinned crash and be on with it like just give him a couple of trash can shots running power slam boom over and done with drop the belt you know the next science on raw whatever but the the action they did give was was also still showed up the how bad the british bulldog is right now and kind of again just the crowd slowly started to, to, to wane a little bit, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and it lost the impact that it could have had if British Border just came out and squashed him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't begrudge the Fed giving Bulldog his little moment back in the song with the British public for one last hurrah. Uh, could have been done better. And ultimately, if the crowd were happy to see the Bulldog as a face and to get a, a surprise win good on him I, I don't i don't begrudge that at all it's, it was just i think the execution of it was a little bit below par for what it could have been for for a british wrestling legend yeah i agree with you i think it was only what like three minutes if that um but it could have been way less um it was kind of like though they were like well it is for the hardcore title so we better do some more spots with weapons and it's just like no need like it it definitely diminished the impact of the moment if he'd have just run in with a referee caught him suplexed him thrown him in the ring you, yeah throwing a trash can shot or something like you say uh power slam and then pin like you're still getting the the pop of the entrance almost when the finish comes and it's kind of like one big like one big celebration one big moment rather than you have all that but then sort of enjoyment wanes a little bit in the middle um before you get the inevitable outcome but generally speaking um this was this is a cool moment um definitely don't need to see bulldog uh, too much in his current state but um yeah definitely a nice moment in front of a uh, a crowd in England um, and a, a great moment for Davy, I'm sure, um, as well. So, yeah, uh, thumbs up overall, but I think it could have been done better. Moving on, we have Edge and Christian defending their WWF tag team titles against the Hardy Boys. Christian and Matt start the match, but Christian keeps backing off. Matt hits a shoulder block, but then gets caught with a drop kick. Christian applies an arm bar. Matt hits him with a slam. Matt then lays into Christian in the corner. Matt tags Jeff and Christian. And sorry, Matt tags Jeff and Christian tags Edge, who hits a neck breaker on Jeff. All four men are in the ring, and the Hardys send Edge into Christian. They hit a double leg drop combo on Christian, and Jeff leaps off Matt's back to splash uh, the champs in the corner. Uh, Edge knocks Jeff uh, off the apron and goes it, and he goes into the railing. Um, the champions then hit the double jumping headbutt and Christian gets a two count after a power slam. Jeff avoids a drop kick by Edge and gets a two count on a roll up. Jeff counters a power bomb with a nice roll. 
uh, yeah, Jeff then counters a powerbomb attempt from Edge with a nice roll-up for two. Uh, Edge stops Jeff with a clothesline. Matt gets the tag, but the referee was distracted by Christian. Jeff and Edge collide in the middle of the ring as they both attempt crossbodies. Matt hits a top rope elbow on Edge while the referee is distracted. He finally gets the hot tags and cleans house. He goes up top, but it's crotched. Christian hits a superplex for a near fall. Jeff drop kicks Christian and clotheslines Edge to the floor before Matt hits a twist of fate and Jeff swans on bomb on Christian. Edge then runs in with the ring bell. He takes both Dudleys down and it's a DQ win for the Hardy Boys. The Dudleys then show up. They hit a 3D on Christian. The Dudleys set up a table in the ring um, and power bomb Edge through the table. Um, Dan, over to you. What did you make of the tag title match? Uh, the this was definitely the light, kind of dragged out version of all of the excellent Hardy Boys Edge and Christian matches that we've seen for the last what eight months. Like compared to their like their match at No Way Out, which I hold as like the best singles like pure tag match of these two, it definitely was a notch below them. It did feel a bit dragged out. Um, but like again, there's still probably the best thing on the card so far. Um. Just obviously a little bit lighter than we would like that we have got in the previous months. But let's talk about the best thing about this whole thing, which is Edge and Christian finally have personalities. The stuff that they were showing beforehand was so funny. Like just like in terms of them actually standing apart from the Hardy Boys, because it has it got to the point where these two teams were so similar that one of them had to divulge a little bit. We've been seeing the heelish tendencies of of Edge and Christian for the last month with the you know particularly with the backlash being won by a, a, a ring bell shot and now we're seeing them charging fans for autographs them you know blocking the blocking the shot of the little kid in the picture the five second pose that was on raw the the, the show before i i i've really enjoyed this little kind of seeds of of comedic heelism that urgent christian are showing and it's given it's gonna mean that the matches going forward are gonna have a bit more um i don't know edge to them no pun intended than just these two teams are really good at wrestling let them have at it but they're actually gonna have some kind of personality and, and proper heel face dynamics when we get to the to proper matches and in judgment day and, and most likely king of the ring um so if this is if this is what a house show is for for a dress rehearsal before we get to the the, the, the big blow off matches down the line on the big pay per view match on big pay per view cards, I think this is this is a really good benchmark that these two teams can work towards in the future. And obviously, how show vibes continue. Let's send the crowd home happy by putting the by putting the heels through a table, which looked about about it was worth five pounds with the splintery wood. But hey ho, this is UK. This is UK pay per views for you. Let's do everything by halves. Adam, over to you. Let's try that again with the microphone. Um, yeah, this was um, certainly different to to what they were doing a year ago, isn't it? I I think Edge and Christian re- really have taken to to the heel role. They you look at the way that they carry themselves in the ring. They've gotten, they've watched some of the classic heel tag teams and they've picked up ways of, you know, from being entertaining while stalling 
to just some of the double teams they do uh, team uh, yeah just just sort of the way they they sort of move around the ring it's it's certainly not what they, this was a year ago the one year ago these guys you watch what they had that short match at SummerSlam last year you know you don't see Jeff Hardy looking like he's going to scale where the barricade and do a running and then catch a running spear from edge. But I guess part of that is because they don't need to do that anymore. A year ago, these teams were trying to establish themselves as what they now are, the top teams. Now they've established themselves, they can try and they can work out what spots will pop the crowd, but will keep them healthier in the long term, which I mean, you know, I, I like all four of these guys. I want them to stick around for as long as possible. Um, I mean, I think the biggest high-risk move we had was uh, Jeff did like a swanton plancher to the outside. And I don't know, I want to... Unless it's like a massive pay-per-view, this isn't like WrestleMania, this isn't even like uh, Backlash. We don't need more than that to just keep the crowd happy. Um yeah, I was, I was quite happy with the match. Um, you know, it's... I mean, they they did scale it back, but they didn't scale it back to the point where I was like, ah, oh, I'm feeling ripped off by this. So, you know, they, they've got the balance right. Hopefully, you know, these, these teams will be doing this for a while. Um, I don't see them sticking around f- forever like this because, uh, you know, Jeff's obviously more over than Matt, so he's... A lot of people are looking to him to be kind of like the next Shawn Michaels. I don't know if that will happen, but, you know, it's, it's worth thinking about. And as I believe was said uh, on this show recently, you know, a lot of people are looking at Edge as the breakout star of Edge and Christian. But, you know, this is not a tag team territory. So as we've, as has been discussed on this show many times, so... You know, while while we've got these two teams still churning out matches like this, I th- I think we should just be happy for it because, you know, they they're doing this really well, and I'm generally entertained by all their matches. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, they're two great units as teams. They're um, they're both doing really well in their roles, and as their characters have been more fully defined. Um, they've only got better uh, Edge and Christian primarily. They're excellent in their role, as uh, and all the cool stuff you they've been doing that you mentioned, Dan. Um, I, I hope they're kept as teams for the foreseeable future. Not because I necessarily have reservations about the potential of any of the guys as singles wrestlers, just but just because the tag division's so much better with them in it um, because they're they're great. Um, this was sort of the watered down version of many of their matches we've seen um, but that's kind of what you're going to get on one of these UK exclusive shows um, and I think you're right Adam they set they, they struck a nice balance b- between sort of toning it down but avoiding that feeling of being uh, ripped off like you mentioned which they did well so um, yeah another, another thumbs up for me uh, a good match and definitely a positive for the show Next up, we have uh, European champion Eddie Guerrero facing intercontinental champion uh, Chris Jericho. And thanks to a coin toss, we have Eddie uh, defending his belt here tonight. 
once again we have the spot of someone attacking before the bell. This time it's Guerrero. Um, but Jericho comes back with a right hand of his own. Jericho catapults Eddie uh, and uh, clotheslines him over the top to the floor. Guerrero is interested in fighting, but China forces him back to the ring. Jericho cuts him off on the floor, and they go back at it inside. Eddie hits a snap power slam for two. Jericho drops Eddie face first over the top rope. He hits a vertical suplex and goes for a cocky pin, which doesn't work. Jericho barely hits a spinning heel kick, uh, and Guerrero avoids the baseball slide. China clotheslines Jericho on the floor. Jericho stops Eddie on the top rope and connects with a superplex. Guerrero avoids uh, Jericho in the corner and sets Jericho up for a top rope hard Rana for a near fall. They trade roll-ups for a while until Guerrero has enough and hits a clothesline. Jericho slams Guerrero down to the canvas gut first, counters a powerbomb with a roll-up for a near fall. Um, Jericho drops Eddie face first onto the canvas before hitting a running bulldog for a two. They both uh, crash to the floor. And uh, Guerrero counters another powerbomb with a Hurricane Rana. China enters the ring. Um, she hits Jericho with a DDT while the ref's distracted. Guerrero rolls back in, but Jericho kicks out at two. Jericho powerbombs Guerrero twice. He has a springboard moonsault, but China gets on the apron. Um, Jericho then drop kicks China off the apron. and Guerrero takes advantage of this distraction um, to hit... Uh, Jericho with the championship belt which is enough for him to pick up the win Adam, what did you make of this European title match? Um, Where is it? So we've we've been going through this whole show saying that you know, all these matches are inconsequential but it looks to be that this may actually be a well built up match and this could well be the final blow-off because um, these two didn't face off at Judgment Day, did they? It was uh, Jericho and Benoit again, wasn't it? So this could well be the big blow-off match to the you know day after WrestleMania. Um, China shoving in Eddie was interesting, wasn't it? I, just, I don't think I don't think they should be showing dissension between these two this early in. But has there been a bigger build to a European title match on any pay-per-view in the last little while. I mean, I think I think there was a bit of a build to the one at Armageddon, but prior to that, does anyone think of a bigger build to a European title match? It's, the only uh, one I can think of is the only one I can think of is D'Lo and Mark Henry. You know, the whole baked potato the whole baked potato, you know, wrapped in foil, Mark wants what well, the glory feud, but nothing like this since. For no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, not. so I, th- I think it says a lot for the European title that outside of Europe they really have no memorable matches for it, um, which is a shame because it's you know it sort of it sort of gives the impression they don't care too much for the European title. Like, how how well has Jericho done in in the, this calendar in the Last calendar month, he held the, the IC, yeah, the European and, and the world title. Well, almost. Um, but yeah, uh, there's some points in the middle where 
both looked kind of rough. I don't know if it was jet lag or what, but they seemed to be stumbling over each other about halfway through the match, but that sort of picked up again. I don't know what happened there. Um, I was mentioning DDTs because I wrote them in my notes earlier, and i kind of glad I did because China seems to be trying to establish the DDT as her big finish at the minute. She took out Jericho both on that Raw after Mania and and she attempted it again here and I and I think it says a lot because it, I think it's quite bad that it didn't put in away because DDT had been so overused on this show up to this point. They do have agents there they should be sort of looking into this if one of your acts is trying to get a move over having it not doing that much in the first three matches is not the best idea um uh, uh i mean these two outside of the bits that was looking a bit shaky it, it looked really good you know it I don't know if it really felt like a blow-off match or not, but I guess it is, and it's good that they had one that was built for this show, even if it wasn't the main event. Um, but yeah, I, this, this was a this was a good match for these two. Um, uh, they didn't step it down too much like like the previous match. In fact, they they had some fire going into it because of the storyline, which I think actually had me invested in it. Although the only thing that kind of took away from that was right at the start, there was a coin flip for whose title would be on the line. And that, on a UK pay-per-view, is just a big red flag of, yeah, this person's going to win the win the match, aren't they? Um, other than that one minor gripe, uh, yeah, again, another, another solid match. Dan, over to you. Uh... I am a lot more cynical than Adam, so I think that this was match wasn't built up. I think this match was thrown together a month beforehand, expecting Eddie Guerrero to still be a heel. And in reality, his entire gimmick about learning, you know, his, where what, what was what you know, the education for the prom was so entertaining <laughs> that they had they had to t- they had to turn his face and they oh crap, we still got this match scheduled for insurrection. Uh, better make it about that European title stuff. So. Apologies, Adam. I don't think this was this was a blow off at all. I think this was just Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho had a little bit of a feud last month. Let's just put them in a match together. And because they are Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho, they had a good match. That's it, basically. Not not you know just to piggyback on Vince McMahon's comment earlier. Nothing consequential happens in England. I think this is I think this is the proof of the pudding of this match. Really, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think I probably lean more towards your side of the fence here, Dan, um, in that I sort of felt right from the offset that the whole show was insignificant um, and fairly inconsequential. Um, so I, I didn't really put too much emphasis on how things had been built up um, and... The, the coin flip, um, as you point out, um, Adam, it's like <laughs> neither of the guys losing their belt here. Like, it doesn't matter what happens here. Um, the coin flip's basically a little spoiler for the for the result, isn't it? Like, it's not 
it, it, it doesn't mean a lot, much more than that. And uh, whether this feud will continue or, or not, um, it well, which it most likely will. Um, this is just sort of like a a hurdle they get over before they carry on with the real story, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I, but that that sounds all really negative. I really enjoyed this match. It was really good because it was a match between Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho. So, uh, I mean, that's all you need to say, really. It, it, they, they had time. Um, they did some cool spots, a lot of cool reversals and stuff like that in there. I really enjoyed this. And it was, although it may be reasonably slim pickings, this was my favourite match of the night so far. Um, yeah, it doesn't say a lot, but this was a, good, a very good match. And with that, it's time for our 10th match of the night and our main event of the evening. The Rock defending his WWF title against both Triple H and Shane McMahon in a triple threat match. Rock and Hunter start off um, trading right hands with Rock getting the better of the exchange. Shane tries to get involved, um, but Rocky lays him out too. Hunter's knocked to the floor, and Rock sh- sends Shane out as well. On the floor, Rock clotheslines Triple H. He puts Lawler's crown on Shane before punching him too. Hunter drops Rock throat first across the guard railing, and uh, the heels fight their way back into the match. Work over Rocky on the floor and uh, head back inside, with Hunter hitting a neckbreaker on the champion to gain the advantage in the ring. Hunter punches Rocky for a while before Shane stops him and shows him how to do his shuffle. Triple H then does the Shane McMahon shuffle and hits some jabs on the Rock. Rock takes down both men with a clothesline and hits an elbow. Uh, Triple H hits a face face buster on the Rock and Shane takes him down with a clothesline. Triple H applies a sleeper on the Rock as Shane rests, but the Rock locks a sleeper on Shane while still in the sleeper himself. Shane uses a jawbreaker to avoid to break the whole thing up. Um, uh, the Rock then lays into Triple H on some more right hands, but gets caught with a high knee and a clothesline. Triple H goes for the cover, and Shane breaks it up. Uh, Hunter shoves him, and uh, Shane hits a clothesline. Uh, and tries for a moonsault, but Triple H rolls out of the way, and Shane lands on his feet. The Rock takes both the Rock takes both men down again and covers Shane, but Stephanie gets up on the apron to distract the ref. Shane goes for a pedigree on the Rock, but can't lift the champ up. Rock launches Shane into the ref before throwing Triple H into the pair of them as well. Vince trips Rock as he runs the rope, so Rock grabs Vince. Hunter knocks Rock out with the title belt. Vince calls for a new ref, and it's Gerald Briscoe, but Rock kicks out before the free. Shane gets a chair and accidentally hits Hunter with it. Vince gets in the ring to attack Rock. Vince grabs the chair, but Rock gets up and stares at Vince, who backs off. Hunter hits a low blow on the Rock, plants the champ with a pedigree, but only gets two. Uh, Hunter's furious, and he punches Briscoe out of frustration. Goes for a second pedigree, and it hits. Vince puts a referee shirt on, but oh, Hebner runs out and pulls Vince out of the ring. Vince misses a punch, accidentally hits the ring post. Triple H goes to the top, but Shane accidentally crotches him up there. Vince chases Earl around the ring and uh, and then into it, where uh, the Rock catches Vince and hits him with a rock bottom. He then knocks Triple H out of the ring, hits a people's elbow on Shane. He covers, and Earl Hebner counts the one, two, three, and the Rock retains the WWF title. Dan, what did you make of our main event? Uh, yeah, just uh, considering what we said throughout the entire 
review of this pay-per-view. It was fun. It was fine. It was a bit light on what we would expect and what we have got at previous shows. This was definitely backlash light with you know the shenanigans of Vince in the corner and hitting his hand on the ring post, which is hilarious. And O'Hefner, you know, evading capture to screw the McMahon Helmsley regime out of the belt. All of the stuff was done to a to a greater extent at Backlash, but what we still got was fun. Um, you know, again, the house show vibes continue with some of the stuff that Triple H and Shane were doing in the middle of the match with the with the shuffles and the block was bionic elbows. With, you know, good stuff. Uh, there was a couple of bits of miscommunication, but again, this is a this is a house show. How often do I need to say it? It's a house show. Sometimes things are not as crisp and clean as they are on pay-per-view or even Raw and SmackDown matches. So to that extent, I mean, it did its job. It sent the crowd home happy. It was it was entertaining. It was fun. The only issue I have, well, not issue, but, you know, qualm, was that we got a match which was another level at the, at the last UK pay-per-view with The Rock and Triple H in a cage match. I don't understand why they just didn't do that again with with Shane and Vince on the outside. And why Triple H just couldn't be beaten clean on this occasion. Because what we got six months ago was bloody brilliant. And this was a step down below that. So, yeah, that's mainly kind of the, the match choice itself, which was the bad decision. But what we got was, was fine and it was fun. Which is basically what this title, this review should be. Because I think we've said it about 20 different times. Adam, over to you. Um, we didn't do last No Mercy last year, did we? Uh, the Manchester show, because uh, that happened around the same time the Owen Hart tragedy did. So we never actually got to cover the main event of that show. But for those who, who don't know what happened at No Mercy in Manchester last year, the main event of the show featured uh, two heels from a main event heel faction going up against the beloved babyface for the WWF title and somehow the WWF, and somehow the babyface managed to prevail through various interference and shenanigans now I'm not saying they're out of ideas but 12 months later they did exactly the same thing um, <laughs> granted only one of the players from the previous one was there in Triple H but um, I mean, I anyone who's heard me talk about Triple H and Rock on this show may have picked up. I have a couple of issues with some of the stuff they do in their matches. Their crowd brawling particularly gets to me because what happens is Rock just kind of grabs someone by the head and walks them to where he does the next spot. And I it really upset me at fully loaded last year because they did a there was a point where it was like oh they're not doing it they're actually going there for they actually look like they're being dragged there as opposed to just walking there and then they fucking did they fucking just walked halfway across the set and it's like oh never mind they're still doing it so i'm actually kind of thankful shane was in this match because it just meant that it stayed in the ring and that thing that really irritates me didn't fucking happen um but no, these guys, both Triple H and The Rock are really 
really benefited from facing Mick Foley, I think. Uh, with Rock, up until then, he'd basically been chin Rock, um, and Foley literally beat that out of him. Uh, and Triple H, he he certainly showed something post that street fight in January. Um, but still, I think Shane, when he was getting involved, was really enhancing the match. That was just... The guy... He's a, he's a terrible wrestler, but he's not supposed to be anything but that, which really goes in his favour. He, he is really entertaining. Um, I mean, there are so many shenanigans near the end. I've, you know, I'm going to admit it. I've not seen Backlash yet, so I don't know exactly how that match went down. But I'm, from what I understand, I know I I'm disappointed. That is, that is a crime, Adam. You're missing like the best show in recent history yeah no what's worse is i chose to watch spring stampede instead so what is yeah wrong with you what is wrong with you to I actively don't choose to watch wcw over wwf right now well you know they were recessing i was like oh how much worse could it be yeah that i watched spring stampede it completely understood um <laughs> So yeah, I'm, I am. So I listened to the last month's show, so I'm I'm aware of what happened last month. Um, I mean, Eric's contractually obliged, and Bob's a sadomasochist, but you've got no excuse. So the last nine months, we've been able to find my phone number. Um, or are we not bringing that up right now? Um, but still, I. So there was a lot of shenanigans in this match. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it, like Dan said, it was probably backlash, like. Um, but still, I think the UK crowd really appreciated it because watching that No Mercy show, um, a lot of those matches were just WrestleMania replayed, and like, watch when Shane faced X Pac at No Mercy last year, it was just a beat for beat match uh, of their WrestleMania match, and that still was fairly entertaining um i don't know if it needed like a ref bump or anything but it got earl hebner out there which the crowd were into um i don't know if i agree with all of earl's actions because you know triple h did have rock down for the three count and there was earl arguing with vince instead of counting it but still the crowd went uh, the rock won shane got the people's elbow and the crowd went home happy i guess in an event like this what what more can you ask for because if you're expecting anything more, then um, then you're just a fool, really, aren't you? Um, no, it was, it was a fine match. Actually, um, it's a, one of the better matches I've seen between Triple H, uh, featuring Triple H and The Rock, considering uh, last time I was on this show was July and then had a cage match uh, on Raw a few weeks ago that actually made me physically angry and then I couldn't... And I, was like, I can't watch this until Rory said, you realise you're on the show. So I actually had to watch about three weeks back to back because I refused to flat out watch it live. Um, so they have come a long way from that. Um, and yeah, I, I'd i like to see The Rock move on, but I don't see where he's going to go at the minute. So, But if they can keep this sort of level of entertainment to some of their matches, I'm, I'm prepared to let it 
ride a month or two longer just to just to see what happens. I mean, I know Vince turning heel and pairing with Triple H hasn't been uh, very well received by many on this podcast. I completely understand why, but when man's with Triple H, there is just something about them that's that's pretty entertaining. We have to admit that, don't we? Just me on my own. No, no I, I, I'm very much with you on that. Um, yeah, this I I thought this was uh, I don't want to say fun. <laughs> this was enjoyable. Um, this was backlash without the Stone Cold Steve Austin return, right? Like that's it. Like that's that's exactly it. There's not it's not rocket science. They had like one of their best paid views in a very long time um, with a unbelievable main event a week ago. Um, they just did the exact same thing a week later without the Stone Cold Steve Austin return for the finish. Um, they gave that spot to El Hebner instead. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it worked. Um, it's what the, the crowd wanted to see. Um, a lot of that crowd would have probably watched Backlash the week before and had an incredibly entertaining time doing so. One week later, you're going to your own UK pay-per-view and you know this is a main event this is kind of what you're hoping for isn't it like it's the best you're gonna get um yeah just thoroughly entertaining um and the classic sort of overbooked wwf main event style that when done right so often it's right on the money. Um, and this is, I think another example of it, definitely like a slightly watered down version and less walking brawl and more, um, sort of wacky comedy spots. It was almost like a handicap matchup for the majority of it. And Shane in there obviously adds an element of comedy, but I think they played into it well here. Like they didn't try and make Shane McMahon like this credible threat. He was the comedy guy. He had a role and he, played that role really well. So um, thumbs up to Shane McMahon's involvement in a WWF championship match, which is a sentence that I never thought I would say. But yeah, I uh, I, I did enjoy this. Um, and it was backlash rehashed, and it was sort of a watered-down backlash, but I, I enjoyed it. Not obviously as much as backlash, but it was uh, very good nonetheless. And that will bring us to a close for our review of the Insurrection pay-per-view. Um, Dan, I'll come to you uh, first for your overall thoughts on the show and a score rating out of 10. Uh, I'm going to give exactly what I gave Rebellion six months ago, which is 5 out of 10. I think the overall quality of the sh- wrestling was better, but we didn't have that high mark match like we got last time round with the cage match. Um and I, again, I, I'll, I'll stress it over and over again until the WF changed their business model. Right now, UK pay-per-views are very inconsequential. The biggest thing you'll see is a hardcore or European title match where no feuds are really advanced. We'll, we'll go back on what we did a month ago when the card was initially announced. And it will just be a very entertaining, enjoyable, fun night for those in attendance and a, a, a unique experience of paying public i don't think we're gonna get anything more than that for the foreseeable future unless WWF 
change their minds about how they want to do business in the UK. So five out of ten for me, and I imagine that's going to be the score throughout the throughout any other UK pay per view show I'm on. Yeah, I mean they've what they've done here. They've recorded a a house show in the big arena and uh, slapped it on UK pay per view. Like that's that's basically it. That's not a criticism. That's just what. They're doing yeah. it at the moment, well, and that's not bad. Like we said, we've we've had things that we've never seen on a normal show on TV. We've got the Dudley Boys dancing with Too Cool. We've got Triple H and Shane McMahon doing an Ali Shuffle in the main event. You know, we, that's not that's not anything to to what to moan about. But it's just that we're not going to get brilliant matches like we get at Royal Rumble, No Way Out, and Backlash. That's that's what happens at house shows. Adam, your overall thoughts on the score rating out of ten? Yeah, I like I said, I, I did enjoy this. Um, I think I'm slightly higher on some of the matches than you guys are, but that maybe it's just the the uh, where I've not been reviewing this month in month out. It's it's kind of um, I'm, I'm kind of almost getting nostalgic for it. Um, I. Trying to work out an overall score rating because it, it's not, it's hard to go, you can't really go too high because, you know, what you, what's there to recommend? There is some good matches, but nothing great. There's some entertaining spots, but nothing that you've not, nothing sort of groundbreaking. Um, but it's, it's nothing inherently bad that the uh, Bradshaw Road Dog match was was an undercard match nothing more than that Will Buchanan and Kane was a match not horrible um, it was two, two athletic guys who can put a match on so it's, it doesn't take away from a score uh, I, I might go Oh, yeah, I'll stick it five and a half because I want to be positive about it, but there's nothing that I'm really going to say, oh, yeah, you need to see this on there. Um, but then again, I don't think any UK show could really get past maybe six and a half anyway for those very reasons. Yeah, I, I think there'll be worse European shows than this um, worse UK uh, pay-per-views um, this was oh, I don't, oh, I'm don't. i not going to say it <laughs> this yeah I, I thought do this it, was a it, say, it. say the word Chris there's two words this was fine and it was fun um, yeah and that basically sums it up it was like a uh, an enjoyable happy house show um in front of a very, very hot and engaged crowd that uh, had a great time. And it was fun to watch that for three hours. And I I, I felt like I enjoyed it too. Um, And there are plenty of regular WWF pay-per-views that I haven't enjoyed. Um, So on that front, it's it's a massive thumbs up. But also the stakes are much lower for a show like this. And I, I think maybe a five is is perfectly fair because 
yeah, there was some good, and a lot of the good came in the second half of the card, like the uh, angle, uh, angle uh, Benoit match was good. The tag title match was good. Um, Guerrero Jericho in the main event, they were all good. But then if I think back to an hour ago when we were reviewing um, Road Dog and Bradshaw and Kane and Bull Buchanan and, oh God, the arm wrestling contest. Yeah, I can't really go much higher than a five. So it's five out of ten. Um, you definitely don't need to go out of your way to watch this show. Um, watch Backlash from one week prior and you'll enjoy it more. You'll Not see Spring more... Stampede. Yeah, and definitely steer clear of definitely Spring right. Stampede. Uh, and that will do it for part one of our May WWF coverage. Um, part two will be with you um, a little bit later in the month where we will have all the TV, all the news and uh, review of Judgment Day. Um, but for now, uh, Dan, it's been a pleasure having you back on the show um, and uh, hopefully it won't be quite as long next time. Cheers, mate. Same same here. It's been good to, good to get the juices flowing again on a nice simple house show. Looking forward to more analysis uh, in the months to come of some heavier topics. And uh, Adam, much the same to you. Hopefully it won't be um, quite so long as until we next hear you on the show. Yeah, you know, I, I, this is uh, when you guys often seem to sort of pick me up. You know, I always seem to be doing the July show. So that, that's, if tradition serves, that'll probably be a guarantee. Hopefully it'll be before that too. Um, yeah, because I've, I've kind of missed doing this. It's a you know, nice little gig we've got going here. Yeah, I think um, we'll definitely have you both on. Uh, for your sakes, I'm hoping it will be the WWF, but maybe Eric will call you to the land of WCW as well, particularly now you've revealed to the listeners that you're watching Springspan peed out of choice and not obligation. So uh, you've maybe put yourself in the... <laughs> in the line of fire there adam but uh yeah I, I i will stick clear of that one myself um but i have been your host uh, chris white um thank you very much for listening to part one as i say part two will be coming uh, by the end of the month uh we do already have the wcw show out where you can hear um eric and bob uh, <laughs> break through <laughs> the full month and and it's not an exaggeration, seven world title changes in WCW for the month of May. Um, and that is one hell of a show. I would definitely go out of my way to listen to that one. And uh, also, we'll have Lacey with uh, ECW, as always. Um, but for now, thank you very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye.